Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about partnership turns the tables. Partnership turns the tables. This month, in the month of September of 2022, we're doing a challenge called the Financial Stewardship Challenge to become highly skilled and consistent and managing and multiplying all that God has entrusted to us. And so we've taken a couple steps so far. So far, our first assignment is let's get an accounting. Let's get an accounting of what God has entrusted to us. So let's take a look. Let's get a list together, a spreadsheet, a paper, a list somewhere of your assets, the money in your bank accounts, the money in your accounts, how much is your house worth, how much is your car worth, and then your debts. If you have any debts, list out your debts, your liabilities. And then let's begin to list out your expected income and expenses over the upcoming month, your forecasted income and expenses. It's never going to play out exactly as you planned it, but you should have an idea, a ballpark of what you typically spend, what you typically have coming in in a month, or what's forecasted or expected. You should be able to get close. And one of the things I want to talk about today, what are we going to do with that list? So hopefully you're putting together that list. And then what I want us to do is we're going to take that list and we're going to look at it together. We're going to begin to steward our money by looking at that spreadsheet or that paper. We're going to bring God into the process. We're going to ask God, because everything we have, he's, he's entrusted to us. To steward means that we make decisions in line with his will. To steward means that we make decisions in line with his will. So we're going to invite God. If you've never done so before, we're going to invite him to be our partner financially. We're going to partner with God in the area of finances. He desires to do this with us, I've learned. And then if you are married, you and your spouse are partners. You're partners. If you have business partners, if you're partnering around some kind of common vision, you have business partners. We're going to steward these finances together. And so here's what we're going to do. Now, you may not have a spouse who wants to participate in this. Some spouses don't want to. Some business partners don't want to look at the finances. They don't want to do it together. And if that's the case, then you make sure to involve them in the decision-making that we're going to talk about here in a second. And you make sure to honor their opinion and their decision-making, but also bring God into the situation. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at that picture of where we are financially. We're going to bring God into the process. It may just be you and him. Maybe it's you and God and your spouse. Maybe it's you, God, your spouse, business partners. And we're going to begin to steward the money together. And this is the, the thing that I found can turn the financial tables faster than anything. If you get this one thing right, it can turn the tables financially. Stewarding the money together. As so you're going to look at, all right, what resources do we have? Is there any places we could cut expenses? Any ways we could raise income? Any way we could move money around so that's more productive? Any way we could save on interest here or reduce our taxes here? Refinance something? What are our options? And you're going to begin to make these decisions together where you bring God into the process. You bring your spouse, your business partners, whoever's involved, maybe even your kids. And you begin to steward the money together because it's going to allow light to shine from more angles. And it's going to allow you to make better decisions. So the way I think of it now, because I got into some financial trouble at one point in my life because I wasn't following this. And as soon as I started to learn this and put this principle into practice, things started to change. Of 
bring in God and my wife and my kids into the financial decision making and us doing it together because we make better decisions. Sometimes there's something I want to do with our money, but my wife just doesn't have a good feeling about it. And so I think of like you have those those missile keys where everybody has to turn the key for it to fire. That's what I think of. Unless I get that go ahead from God, unless I get the go ahead from my wife, unless I get that go ahead from my business partners, I don't make the decision. And we figure out what do we all agree on together? And we make the decisions in unity, unified, working together. It's such a simple thing, but it, it I've just seen it work every time. It turns the tables. Husbands and wives getting into agreement, doing it together, stewarding together, business partners doing this together, and bringing God right into the center of it. It will turn the financial tables faster than any, any, anything else that I know of. Bringing light into the situation. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help with this today. You've given us this financial stewardship challenge, and I just know that you're in this. You're helping us to do this. You're helping us to manage and multiply all that you've entrusted to us. And this is one of the most powerful principles you've taught me about stewarding together, stewarding together with you, stewarding together with, with the, the partners that you've given us, making these decisions together. And we're asking for your help to understand why this is so important and to help us to walk in this consistently from this point on in our lives. To walk in this consistently. And we thank you on the night Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember God sent us his one and only son. We'd all gone astray. We'd all missed it. And he laid upon him the sins and the iniquities of us all. By his stripes we've been healed. Been restored. The old has gone away. The new has come. He became sin so we could be righteous. He was separated from God so we could be connected to God. To walk out this new way of living. And God raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand. And he raised us up with him and seated us together with him in heavenly places. Made us one with him. And we can do this life Together. I think this is why this is so symbolic of getting into agreement, getting into partnership, doing this together. Such a powerful principle. And Father, I just thank you for this bread. We talk about often when we're truly taking communion in faith, there should be this deep sense of peace, this deep sense of awe that comes over us. When we're truly in faith, there's a sense of peace that comes right on the backside of it every single time. God, you reconciled us to you. You made peace through the body of Jesus. Thank you. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. 
It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, brings us into the kingdom of light. Get a fresh start today. His blood washes us, cleanses us, makes us new. Gives us this covenant relationship with God. This blood sworn of God is with us and for us. He's working for us. He's fighting for our good. If that's not something to rejoice and give joyful thanks about, I don't know what else is. When we take the bread, we should have this amazing sense of peace. When we take the juice, we should have, we should have joy. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Father, I thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. So normally after our communion meditations, we have some physical fitness tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So today's tip. What do you do when you're traveling? How do you keep on track with your workouts when you're traveling? It's a couple things I've learned. Number one, when you're traveling, it's usually a good idea to get the day off to a good start. Eat a good breakfast. Eat a healthier breakfast. Don't get the day started with junk food breakfast. Because once you get derailed early in the day, usually the rest of the day is off track. Get your workout in early in the morning because your day tends to get away from you sometimes. And then you can do body weight exercises. You can do our mobility routine and usually some calf raises. You can do squats and push-ups and pull-ups. If you're a beginner, just a couple rounds of those. One to two rounds of those. It's plenty. Just do your, do your best. Make them your best and most beautiful reps. If you're a little more advanced, you could turn it into a circuit. You say, you know what, for, for 10 minutes or 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever time you have, I'm going to do a circuit. I'm going to do X number of reps, whatever is a reasonable number of reps of push-ups, of sit-ups, of squats. And I'm just going to keep doing as many rounds of that as I can in whatever your time frame is. And you just keep moving, keep doing that. You can do other exercises like mountain climbers or burpees or these types of things as well. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.